5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Yeah, over the weekend, it was a tough 48 for the ACC, wasn't it? First two days of the year. Winless bowl games. Woo! Duke got canceled in basketball. Kay was out. Pack got... I don't know, the Pack playing basketball? I don't remember. I want to lump him in on this, but... And then the Heels just barely beat Notre Dame. They look terrible this year. They're all... You got a game tonight. They'll lose. So, maybe. I don't know. Got a winning streak right now going, Ben. We're pulling for Dayron Sharp, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, welcome in, everybody. Yeah, there was a guy last night who flashed up some, uh, you know, those, are they called uh, memes, Ben? Is that what they're called? Memes. Come are on, they called memes? Come on, memes. It's a joke. That's all. We're, um, we're the crickets. <laughs> Hang on. There, there we go. go. Yeah. So, but it, it, they put the memes up of like, you know, all the Kinston guys that are in the, the league and there was a day Ron Sharp. I mean, this guy, it was, you really look good. You know, so that, I mean, that's a real talent. Dylan McKay does it. Trent McGee does it. Uh, you know, that's just, I mean, to me, that's a talent. And so they had this, you know, Dayron Sharp and a UNC thing kind of celebrating his player of the or rookie of the week deal. Um, there was a kid who plays for Temple from Eastern North. I cannot remember who the kid is to save my life right now. You know, you I, I think you know who it is. You'll find it for me. But then it had all the Kinston guys, you know, that are in the show. A lot of basketball in Eastern North. I mean, it, it, the, the Eastern part of the state's always been a basketball part of the state. Really, the state has, and, and football has. Uh, really gotten big. Damian Dunn. Where'd he play? That's right. That's right. That's right. Damian Dunn is from Kinston. I think he prepped a year. I got you. I got you. That's the deal there. A lot of, a, a dearth of basketball talent. I think I used the right word and maybe used it correctly. I don't know. Uh, welcome in Ben Byram. Helping an old man out here today in more ways than one. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. <laughs> well, Jay Sunholder there. He was on the call last week, I believe. For uh, he did the basketball. radio Saturday. Cy had size uh, okay, as far as I know. Talked to him the other day, of course, and uh, he was going to have to miss this game because of little procedure he's having. Everything's cool though, That's and uh, we love Cy. He's a good guy. You know, Cy's great. Love Sonny too, and I thought Sonny did a real nice job. Uh, let's see here, uh, Rini and Golia coming up today. How about that? Rini and Golia, just a matter of minutes. Uh, we'll also hear more from Joe Dooley. Uh, he was, uh, we'll have some highlights from his radio show last night that you heard here on 94.3 The Game. And it, it goes beyond, I think, one of the greatest, most honest comments about a team's performance. He did elaborate on it some. Uh, so he'll say more than this. Absolutely horrendous. That is an all-timer. I love it. I still laugh at that. That's, that, that makes me laugh. What can you say? He's being honest. He's trying to coach what, I love up. it. You know, I had because usually, some and I and I've been a long proponent of this. At some point, and I don't even think we're there yet, unfortunately. And it's just it, it's. I think that some of the fans are. I don't know if. Uh, well, I, I just don't know if everybody's all in with that yet. But I mean, we we just kind of pat ECU basketball on the head, don't we? I feel like you know, it's, it's been that way for a while. I mean, even no, it's been that year. way for it's been that way forever, and it just there's no. I mean, that, look, it's a it's a the the league that ECU is in the ability to if you could ever get to the tournament, it's a profit center. It can make money, and Joe Dooley knows what he's doing. He knows how to do it. He's done it at Kansas. He did it as a head coach at Florida Gulf Coast. I mean, just 
takes a little commitment and some and dollars. And I get dollars are are a precious thing right now. With with the history and the interest in basketball around here, there's no reason why ECU basketball should well, be a winning program. It just hasn't been a priority, and I and I just, I hope it will be allowed to be a priority. They're sitting on a gold mine, I think. I mean that. You got to well. You hear you hear now. UNC and Mac Brown and the sleeping giant with football. I'm not saying ECU is a sleeping basketball giant, but I, you know, I mean, of course. I then we there's no we're all why fired up going to the tourney at, at the very least, or some kind uh, of invitational or something. Now you have a little bit of cockeyed optimism there, uh, Ben, but I, I I think in the I believe in them. No, I, I think in the heart of hearts, I would love it if they were making, you know, those events, uh, NIT. NCAA. I mean, it'd be, just, it'd be so fantastic. Well, we got to be teams and, like Tulane first. I mean, well, I was, was going to say, <laughs> we all felt very good about this and all oh, Joe's going in the right direction. And, and then, uh, the always anonymous text line says easy, Ben, easy, Ben. All right. All right I'll stay off. I'll stay off. <laughs> I, it was a little bit of, uh, I mean, it was an, an enthusiastic take. I don't, it was not intended with any malice because you believe that in your the heart. anonymous part got me there the anonymous i'm a little i'm a little worried now <laughs> no no there's, there's no, no telling to... who that could be no no I, we're just we, we've got the text line and it's the always anonymous text line that that hits us up from time to time during the show we get a lot of texts from a lot of different people on the anonymous te- always anonymous text line uh but no you get fired up and then look what happens last saturday i mean again that continues to be uh i mean that's a bad loss i don't care how you slice it so, uh, we'll get uh, more into some of Joe Dooley's comments later in the program. Uh, hoops tonight, Campbell and Gardner Webb currently playing. A big battle happening there, huh? Uh, state at number 19, Clemson tonight. Get old, stay old. That's what uh, the Tigers have done. Davidson and Duquesne. And then uh, UNC Chapel Hill at Miami. That's a game you can hear on 97.9 Memphis and UCF have been postponed. Uh, as we mentioned, Rini and Golia coming up. We'll get heavy into college football. The ACC goes over the bowl season. Only they and Conference USA uh, go 0 and 6. Of course, the Pac 12 did not win a game, but they only had a couple participants. We can't really talk. The American just won in five. And uh, we had so much NFL to talk about yesterday that we really, uh, and, and recap an ECU's loss over the weekend in hoops. We didn't get into a ton of college uh, football, but what a bad look for the ACC. Terrible what a terrible look. look. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, no, it's, it is. It's terrible. And they are so, they are so mad. And they got mad at our guy Feinstein because Feinstein is one of those that, you know, still remembers it fondly as a basketball league and feels like it sold its soul to football to, to create, you know, a less desirable basketball league in, in the respect that, you know, you don't have that regional conference anymore, those regional rivals. Well, I don't know what they want. I mean, it's undeniable. They were winless. I, I, they were winless. I mean, I, I, what do they want? Let's, let's pat them on the back. You did a good job, UNC. You did a good job, Clemson, getting blown out by the SEC teams. And whatever, what was Big Ten or whatever. The, you know, Feinstein made his point. People got really salty about it because – it was just funny. The same group that got really salty with Feinstein, kind of that Corona bro group, um, were the ones that didn't want us to have football being played this year anyway, it seemed, right? Just but that's, babies. That's, that's the hot takery. Where, uh, it's the factory. When you're putting work in in the hot takery lab, that's what you get. But at Clemson was was awful. Now, Cornell Powell was, was fantastic. And after Trevor Lawrence, I think Cornell Powell was prominently mentioned. You know, in all the shows from the holiday, I don't know if we brought, you know, Cornell was, he's going to the senior bowl, right? Yep. Which is, it's huge for him. And I mean, I think Cornell Powell has made himself into a draft pick. And look, there was a lot of talking uh, around Greenville about, you know, Cornell Powell should have never have gone to Clemson. Cornell Powell should have never, um, should transfer here or transfer there. Somewhere where he can be the guy, huh? Yeah, there was some of that, or, you know, nobody ever went to the extent that Cordell Powell was a bust, but they just, you know, it's obviously a, a big time program. And I, I think the plan for Cornell all along was knowing he would go in. I mean, he didn't redshirt initially, 
knowing he would go in, he'd see a little bit of time maybe early, but by his junior and or senior year, he'd be able to get on the field and, and perhaps live out some of that potential. Well, that took a little while longer than many had wanted it to. And I'd corresponded a little with Cornell last year, and he kind of kept his head down and kept working. And look, he's got two rings. They've got ACC championships, but he's also got a couple of uh, national championship rings. Not everybody can say they have those. He's going to get some eyes on them now. So I mean, No, I think hey. he will. I think he will. And I hope he does because uh, he's a really great kid and, you know, he's graduated, very happy for him. And uh, the senior bowl thing, I think, will be a, a nice showcase for him as as well because those are uh, those are some good opportunities. One of the few players that had some life for that Clemson team in that game against Ohio State. He threw down the Ohio State uh, DB. That was awesome. I'd, I'd seen that before and kind of, you know, junk talked him a little bit. Eight catches, a couple touchdowns. Now he was great. Cornell was was really, really good. Uh, and uh, if, like you said, if everybody had played at that same level, who knows what would have uh, happened. But defense looked confused for Clemson and just didn't look, didn't play with a lot of urgency on offense. Of course, Ohio State had a lot to do with that, and I'm sure they had a lot of things they were trying to prove. I'll tell you this as well, Ben. Uh, you know, I was on a, a text chain with some always anonymous text uh, chain members. And um, we were kind of texted back and forth about the ECU basketball game, which was, and, and I was between that and a little bit of the uh, NC State Kentucky game. And there was so much talk from Wolfpack Nation about how they should not be an underdog to Kentucky. And I mean, Kentucky kind of made them, uh, made them look really bad. You know, now we've got the, well, it's, what a season it was type of stories from, uh, I didn't from the triangle sports like, media. What eight and three. I didn't, it, I, no, look, they had a, I they had a good, known. they won games, you know, they beat, they uh, handed Liberty their first, I think only loss. Yep, so I mean, big one. look, one games, that's good for them. It's supposed to be a down year, but you know, it goes from all this nine win talk to, I mean, they, they look really bad. Uh, you would see that was, I mean, that was just an interesting game. Bad fourth, they were without, quarter. bad fourth, bad quarter, fourth quarter for the heels. Did keep it interesting. Bad fourth quarter. Of course, didn't have a lot of guys uh, in there. Or we'll ask Rini and Goalie a little about that. Rini's going to join us in a few minutes here about, uh, you know, his thoughts on the national championship matchup and uh, guys not playing in the bowl and just how this college football season came off. But uh, not a good year for the ACC and. They get, they get very on social media. Their fans get very, very uh, chippy about it a little bit. It's weird. It's almost like they're not fans of their teams. They're fans of their conference. I've never really understood that. With the well, that's, that's been the long criticism and the long ha-has with the SEC from ACC fans. I mean, is that, you know, here, here's somebody here's somebody rooting, you know, for a conference, ha, but then the ACC guys are doing the exact same thing. I mean, flood my Twitter with ACC praise. Like, yeah, it's. it's too much you know feinstein's point was you got clemson and then just a bunch of mediocre football teams and and outside of a normal year that's kind of what it is you know um this year you had notre dame but notre dame was not kind of proved who they were at the end of the year when they were when they were playing superior talent but they beat clemson at their place it's a great game notre dame played well well, there's but, a uh, there's a glaring reason for that, but they did oh, yeah. they, on paper they beat Clemson. That's, that's true. That's it's a good point. But uh, we'll get into some college football. We didn't like I said we didn't get a chance to really delve too much into that because there was just so much else going on yesterday. Uh, where will Cam Newton end up? We'll explore a little later on. Uh, Panthers have uh, re-signed Ben. Who? Joey Sly. There you go. Everybody's favorite on the Sly. Uh, so there you go. They're, that's their that's their big first re-sign of the uh, with no off GM. season with no GM. Seven missed field goals this year. <laughs> that was a pretty easy deal. No GM in place. Just I, and look, I'm sure Joey Sly said, "Where do I sign?" So there you go. That's All right, uh, a time <laughs> a timeout. Boy, Ben is punchy today. Uh, I like timeout. Well, I'm just yeah. I know you're you're worked up. 
Uh, a timeout. We'll uh, we'll get Rini Angolia on the line. ESPN college football analyst, friend of the show. Good to have Rini back on. Lots to talk about with him and uh, more as we continue on. Uh, we'll hear a little from Joe Dooley and uh, where will Cam Newton end up? There are Vegas odds, as there always are. Uh, all of that remaining here. Fun and frivolity on a Tuesday on the PJ Show. Testing, testing. Is this thing live? Outkick with Clay Travis, the Dan Patrick Show, and Adam Gold, all right here. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up right here on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3, the game. What's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. Log on to our new website, 94.3thegame.com, for PJ Shot Podcasts and the latest news on the Pirates. This is happening. Now, back to Patrick Johnson on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, at uh, Pitt County Schools today, they had the emergency meeting, but they uh, did not decide anything. I watched a little bit of that today, Ben. I had a few minutes. Didn't exactly put the fun in dysfunctional, but it was something. <laughs> so I guess I uh, they're going back to in-person tomorrow. I, I, I couldn't quite figure out, were they tabling a decision and going to make one next week, or or they just move it on? But it was it was something. Chaos. No, it was. I couldn't imagine having to go to those recovery. Good grief. Okay. Um, all season long, our, Rini, uh, our friend Rini Angolia calling uh, college football when he got a chance, when COVID didn't rob him of that opportunity. It's been quite a few months for, for Rini Angolia. And he joins us uh, here for the first time in 2021 on uh, the Patrick Johnson Show. What's the temperature in uh, Florida right now? It's actually beautiful today, PJ. It's uh, 70, 70, a little breezy, beautiful blue skies, my friend. God, it's been cold here happy all New day. Happy New Year, by the way. Yeah, Happy, happy New, New Year, Year to you. You and, uh, and Ben up there. And uh, yeah. yeah, too bad I didn't make it up that way this year, but it's a crazy year. We missed you, unfortunately. And then we got Christmas Eve, you were, in, you were in Texas for the New Mexico Bowl or something like that? Yeah, exactly. Right? It makes sense. COVID year in Texas <laughs> for the New Mexico Bowl. So, yeah, that, and that was a fitting way for me to finish finish my year. So, But uh, it is what it is. Listen, we all struggled. We all had issues, some worse than others. But, listen, we made it through 2020. No doubt 2021 is going to be better for everyone. And uh, onward and upward, my friend. Were you surprised that uh, the season – uh, you know, got in and we were going to have a national championship opportunity here next week. And I mean that everything, and look, I know a ton of games were postponed or flat out canceled near the end. And it was kind of limping across, but I mean, just uh, you were a proponent for them playing, uh, as right. were we, but, uh, were you kind of surprised that once we got into November, this thing was able to, to see a, some sort of finish. Listen, I, I wasn't, I mean, I guess call me an internal optimist and yeah, Games were canceled. We knew it was going to happen, but I think we still got between 80 to 85% of the games in. I think the SEC was, what, 69 to 71 in their uh, scheduled games. Yeah. And obviously, mm-hmm. the, the, wrink, the wrinkle that got thrown in was the Big Ten doing what they did, and then the Pac-12, and then – so that was kind of a mess. And listen, let's, let's call it what it is, too. It was an election year. It, it, it's a very divided country. You know, politics, I think, was bled over into sports – into college. And I just think that made it a mess. Um, you know, I, I, I think uh, we owe the players a, a, a debt of gratitude, uh, the coaches, the administrations and, and the families, because the players are the ones that really, you know, made this thing happen and the sacrifices they made without them, it wouldn't have happened. And, and really, you know, the cancellations, I, I think they handled COVID quite well. And, and I was banging the drum that, you know, the players are safer playing because of the protocols and the, and the testing. And really, I think what, what shut some games down, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't the positive COVID test. It was the contact tracing yeah. is what was crushing teams. So, uh, but, you know, I, I think college football was a raging success. I really do. Now, I know people, people will, will tweet me and they'll say, are you kidding me? We're in the middle of a pandemic. Obviously, let, I'm keeping it in perspective for what we're talking about. Uh, but as far as college football games being played, I, I, I really don't think it could have been much better. And yeah, and we're getting to a, uh, 
a great championship game Monday night. ESPN college football analyst Rini Angolia, the rock, just a rocket, joining us uh, here. Uh, what, what's the status of the college football hall of fame nomination? Where have you heard? Have they announced that yet? If they have, and I'm opening a wound, I'm sorry, but Ben constantly asked me about, it is constantly <laughs> advocating that Rini needs to be in the, the football. Yeah. Hall of fame. So I, I am a, I'm a nominee and I've been a okay. nominee for a few, few years now and they will, uh, you know what I think I want, I don't know if we vote, I, you know, this year has been such a blur. Um, <laughs> I think we voted in the spring. It doesn't get announced. Uh, everything's kind of got backed up this year. So, right. uh, yeah. I think we find out, I think we'll find out in the springtime, uh, uh who's in for the next class. Um, gotcha. but everything's got back, but, but I'm, I'm nominated again. I'm a, uh, I'm a nominee. Listen, if I, if I never get in, listen, at least I was nominated and you know, I'm, I'm up, up, uh, for the running every year. And that, that's an honor. And it really is. I know it sounds cliche, but, just to be uh, nominated, because of course, you know, a lot of people don't know to be uh, to even be nominated uh, for college football hall of, fame, hall of fame, you have to have been a first team All American. So ah. I got that going for me at least. Uh -huh. So uh, yeah. you know, but it's uh, it would be a it would be a tremendous honor. But we'll see. We're we're on the bandwagon to get you in, by the well, way. So I, if, I appreciate if, that very much. <laughs> yeah, listen, Green, Greenville's been, uh, North Carolina has been great to me. You guys are awesome up there, and I love calling ECU games, and I'm a big fan of Mike Houston and called games of his when he was at JMU, and uh, he's got that program going in the right direction. That was the right hire. There's no doubt about it. I've got a few things uh, to ask you about the NFL with your bills uh, getting into sure. the, uh, but we'll, we'll get to all that in a second. Look, you brought up the okay. uh, championship game a little bit ago. Uh, so Ohio state, I guess, proved that uh, they belong. Is there any, any of anything to the fresh legs theory? Uh, yeah, or I mean, is this, I mean, cause obviously they've played half the amount of games of anybody else in that thing. Listen, and there's pros and cons to playing half the games, right? And listen, as a former running back, there is no doubt playing less games helps you physically. I mean, as a running back, uh, the, the beating you take at six games is a lot less than at the end of, when you're at 10, 11, 12 games. It just is. So, you know, the, the less reps you have on your body physically help you. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's kind of common sense. But, again, it kind of hurts you as well, too, because you, you don't really start gelling a lot of times. The more reps you get playing-wise and timing – helps you and so they've they've not had that now it looks like they got <laughs> it against Clemson right I mean because I kind of missed the boat on it too with a lot of people I, I didn't I didn't see that coming you know I I, I was I was asked at another radio show can Ohio State win and I and I basically said Justin Fields has to be Justin Fields we all know and 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 know he can be because he hadn't been to that point well guess what he stepped up and did it but he wasn't the only one. I mean, their defensive line for Ohio State played better and just they had Clemson out of sorts. So they clicked. I mean, if that team shows up Monday night, we're in for one heck of a game. And I, I guess Fields is going to play Alabama. Looks like that uh, their injuries, injury concerns, uh, at least right now, everything looks good. Uh, so I'm like you. I, I think there's potential for this to be really, really good. I, what's funny about all this, and, and look, I, I agree with everything that everyone said that Ohio State, in a way, probably shouldn't have been included in the thing. Now, watch them win it, of course. But, you know, I, I just look at this as we go back beginning of the year. We talked to Phil Steele and we talked to, you know, other analysts. We talked to you and all this. And, I mean, everybody was talking Ohio State had a great shot to win the national title this year. So there you go. There you have it. And, listen, and, and I don't blame Ohio State, PJ. I, I don't. I think the conferences, the conference caused this issue. Um, and it's not the kids' fault. It's not Ryan Day's fault. And, and you know, the committee, a lot of people get confused with, with the college football playoff committee. And we can, we can argue uh, there should be eight teams, 16 teams. Uh, that's all valid. And I get it. And, and I'm with people with expansion. But people have to remember the college football playoff committee is tasked with one goal and one goal only to put the best four teams in the playoff. It's not the four most deserving teams. It's not the four teams that played the most games. They gave them, they didn't give them a limit, right, on how many games the team had to play. They stayed away from that. And at the end of the day, 
I think even if you're not an Ohio State fan, I think you would agree that they were one of the top four teams in the nation. So the committee got it right in terms of putting the four best teams in, and there's no doubt there. College football analyst for ESPN, Rini Angolia with us. Would you have, uh, could, could you have made a case for Cincinnati? You know, I think, and I'm, I, I, Luke Fickle's a good coach. I've done a ton of Cincinnati games. Um, I just think it was, it, they didn't really have that. To me, the, the, the standout performance, and I guess it was, it was hard because you're playing conference games. And, and so I just think, yeah, could you make the argument? Absolutely, you can make the argument. Now, what kind of screwed them, if I can say that on radio, is the college football committee had them ranked pretty high early. And then all of a sudden, what they start doing, right? When the Big Ten started playing, they started dro- they yeah. were winning, but they kept dropping them back because well, they didn't want to they didn't want to run into that problem. So the college football playoff committee knew what they're doing. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a long shot there, uh, one that you didn't ask me, and maybe it's in your brain. You're going to ask me. It's Coastal Carolina. I did them three times this year, and right. it might be people laughing. Some belt on paper, undefeated. Okay. They beat a very highly ranked BYU team. Now, you know, and, and listen, BYU was at a disadvantage taking that game in two days and come, but, but guess what? Coastal beat them. They beat Louisiana, who ended the season with one loss, top 25 team on the road at Louisiana. They beat Appalachian State, which I think what App State finished with two losses, a bowl win. They beat Georgia Southern, who had a bowl win. I mean, if you look at Coastal Carolina's uh, resume, and obviously before they, you know, they lost the bowl game to Liberty. I get that. But we're talking about before that, um, they looked really good. They should have been higher in, in, on the sure. CFP uh, rankings as well. So, listen, this system is, is not built for the group of five teams. We know that. We've been banging that drum. It just isn't. They can say the committee and they can all say, oh, it is. It is. It's not. We know that. Um, so that's why I think, you know, you got to expand yeah. to give them a legitimate seat at the table. So right now they just, they don't get it. Here's my thing with the expansion. We had Mike Oresco on a week ago and he's a big proponent for uh, expansion. He feels like that gets the American a rightful seat at the table. Uh, to me, expansion is just three more. It, it, you get guarantees with the so-called P5 and then. Yep. You know, three at larges that'll come from that same group. That that's how I'm looking at it. Well, there are no guarantees do, if you expand. If I was uh leader of the college football universe, and of course there's no commissioner, that's another debate. Two people think there should be one body over college football. I think what you do is you give the the, the five power five champions a berth, right? So that really makes the conference all season long in a conference championship really meaningful, right? So they all get a seat at the table. But then I think what you do is you get, still give the committee uh, some value that they have to work. You still put in the highest ranked group of five. So now the highest ranked group of five champion goes to a near six bowl. Instead of that, put them in the playoff. So that gives them, it, it guarantees a group of five team in the playoff every year. And then you go two at large bids. So the, so the committee is kind of putting three teams in and you can still have your committee. You don't have to break it up. And uh, that's what I would do. Um, you know, but it was why we're on this topic. It's interesting. So I talked to Dana Holgerson because obviously I did Houston's game, uh, the the bowl game, the New Mexico bowl, and he was like, he thinks it should be a six. It was fascinating talking to him. He thinks there should be a sixteen team playoff. Uh, I do too. Put, I agree with put all the. We, this is the, but this is the fascinating part. And if you sit down and think about it, it just it it kind of makes sense. He goes, let's play all the bowl games, all the bowl games, week zero. Every team is undefeated. Yeah. There's no losses, yeah. no wins. All. All the fan bases are happy. You can you're going to fill the bowl <laughs> games up. You're still going you're still going to do all the charitable stuff, right? That helps in the cities. Everyone's excited because he he uh, he compared it to the neutral site games, which he had done a lot of uh, at West Virginia. He said it's it's electric. He goes, let's do all the bowl games week zero, and then play our season and do a 16 team playoff at the end of the year. And you, you think at first like sounds crazy, but then you kind of think about it like it, it actually be pretty cool. But you know. Yeah, think no, outside the box, right? And that's what that guy does for sure. So yeah, no, he certainly does. I I love that though. I think that's great. And here, here's what I also uh, would add to that. And I don't know if he he laid into this or laid this out as such. But then what are there ten or eleven FBS pro? Every champion gets the at large, and then you got five or six you know spots to fill. That that's really 
I mean, I, I, I present to you the argument of March Madness. Yeah. In that listen. People could get behind well, the, behind the little guy in a way, you know. And they will listen, and they will. That the, I think the issue is is kind of the the, uh, the good old boy system, right, with the Bulls. I, I just don't think they want to. They want to keep the Bulls, and the Bulls. Listen, they they do a lot of good. Like for instance, the Coastal Carolina Liberty, the Cure Bowl. It's for cancer and breast cancer, and and these Bulls do so many good so many good things for charitable foundations, and and so you know they want to somehow get a playoff, but keep the bulls. And, and so I think at eight though, I think if we just take the next reasonable step and go to eight, I think you can still keep the bulls. It's not a problem. I think what you do is uh, the first round of games, the higher seed teams play them at home. So they get yeah. another home game, another home gate. And guess what? When that first, when those first four teams lose, go ahead. They can still, they can still get a bowl invite. Cause the one thing we learned this yeah, year, that's true. COVID is, yeah. You can, you can do things a lot quicker, right? Usually teams are sitting out for three, four weeks before a bowl game. They can sit out eight, nine, ten days and still go play a bowl game. They, they proved that this year. So, yeah, that first round of teams, you can still send them to a bowl game. And then you're to the four, right? And then those are your major bowls. And so there's a variety of ways you can do it. It's just you got to do it. You know, it's not a money issue. You'll make more money TV-wise if you did eight. We all know that. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. It's about preserving preserving the bowl games and, and, and expanding the playoffs. I think some right people need to get in a room and figure it out. It can be done. The uh, former Buffalo Bill, former UMass Minutemen All-American, uh, Rainey Angolia joining us uh, here, ESPN College Football Analyst. I want to get into a little bit of NFL. Our boy Scotty Inez down in Orlando in his new pot about Urban Meyer today to uh, Jacksonville, was reading right before we went on that uh, the Chargers have expressed some interest. His demand, I guess, is $12 million. Um, I jokingly said yesterday, half-jokingly, if if you're Jacksonville and Urban Meyer wants that much money and you're hell-bent on, hire Dabo instead because Dabo's at least been coaching. I mean, Urban Meyer, I, I guess, that. but again, that was sort of, uh, and, and let me just tell you this, the reaction you just gave me, Rini, on that, the same reaction I got when I mentioned it yesterday. But let me... <laughs> <laughs> but let yeah. me say this, uh, urban Meyer, uh, will he be in an, on an NFL sideline next year in your opinion? Yeah, I think he will just because I think, I think Texas went at him really hard and I think he was, I think he was close to that Texas job. I do because the one thing that I, that I've learned through my years being involved in football and, and knowing coaches the way I know them, that's what they do. PJ, they coach. I mean, coaches coach and yeah, some of them go into TV and it's really cush and, and it works out for them. But at the end of the day, they want to come. I mean, look at Matt Brown, perfect example. And he is up there a little bit in age, comes back and is doing a phenomenal job at North Carolina. So yeah. I think at the end of the day, Urban Meyer wants to coach. And so, listen, if someone's going to give you $12 million to coach, uh, you know, he's going to do it um, because everyone has their, their point where, yeah, I'm going to go do it. And listen, Jacksonville, that's the, you know, the Florida, University of Florida market, as you know. And so I, I think that's the fit. I think that's where he's going to go. And then, oh, by the way, uh, you're going to get Trevor Lawrence. So, you know, I, so I, yeah, to answer your question, I do think he will be on a sideline, on an NFL sideline next year. Yeah. Uh, all right, Rini, uh, playoffs coming up. The Bills are back in. And uh, I, I do think, part of me does think that uh, – the Colts will be a tough out for them, but I do think that uh, the Bills have a real shot to to get to the Super Bowl this year. Ben and I were talking a little bit about this yesterday, both on air and off air. Um, I, I think the AFC is so brutal, but I think the Bills have a good shot. Yeah, and to me, it's about momentum, uh, and they are peaking at the right time. and And I'm just so happy for Josh Allen because you know he kind of. He gets drafted like all quarterbacks. He, you know, he comes out of Wyoming. I did a couple of his games at Wyoming, and I, he was a solid, solid quarterback. And but he was kind of maligned, you know. And some players were talking smack about him, and he just stayed the course. I mean, that's the kind of quarterback you want leading your team. Stayed the course, and now they love him up there, and he does so much. And now he's showing you his arm talent, uh, his athleticism, and just his uh, his ability to lead. And boy, did they look good against the Dolphins uh, this past weekend. Yeah. So they're peaking at the right time. And I think they get by Indy. I, I, you know, I, I think they're in a collision course uh, with KC. I really do. Yeah, I think so too. 
I think so too. And like, as you said, I mean, Josh, he's the MVP this year, right? He has to be when you say, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not a huge NFL guy. Uh, I actually, you know, uh, full disclosure, I actually watched more NFL this year because I got coached back into <laughs> fantasy football. But, and by the way, I, I won my league so that those well, guys are mad that they're, they're yeah. mad. Well, come on. It's all potluck. We know that. I Listen, I had Elvin Kamara. Who the hell knew he was going to do what he did? All, I mean, it, as much as he did. And, of course, the game where he went off for the six touchdowns was my Super Bowl game. So what are you going to do? I had Tom Brady because – I like old guys and Brady did good. I had, <laughs> so I got lucky, you know, that's all it's luck, but I won and they're mad that I uh, took their money and that is what it is. So I did watch a little more. I did watch a little more NFL this year, but I'm just, uh, I'm just really happy for, for the Buffalo bills. So, uh, and so it's, it's been good. And listen, let's talk about COVID. The NFL has done a phenomenal job as well. Cause remember, yeah. you know, back in you know, July, August, the naysayers, we're like, we're not having anything. Well, they've done a pretty good, pretty good job. I'd say all around. They had to move a lot, but they got all the games in all two fifty six. But, uh, but they gave themselves the flexibility to do that. And that's, yeah. you, have, you have to, uh, during, you know, issues like this. I mean, listen, yeah. you know, me life goes on, you know, that was the biggest thing with me early on. It's like, guys, people have jobs. Yes, it's, I understand it's serious, and, 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 but we have you do your due diligence, right? You wear the mask, you social distance, you, 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 you stay away from certain people. But at the end of the day, we all have to get up and go to work. And we yeah. have to move on with our lives. And, you know, our kids have to go to school. And, you know, my daughter's a senior, and I'm, I'm biting my nails because I, she's not signed with a college yet. She's a soccer player, and yeah. recruiting has just been devastated. Everyone wants to talk about all the major sports, but – you know, women's soccer and, and the uh, Olympic sports has been devastating because the NCAA is, is it's been a uh, dead period. So she hasn't been able to meet with any coaches. And so, uh, yeah, so there's a lot going on. To it. You just you just can't stop. We have to we have to press forward. Yeah, yeah, we do. And uh, just be smart about it. All right. Uh, who wins yeah. Monday night and why? Uh, well, I mean, I'm going to say Alabama because my wife is a lifelong Alabama fan since she was a little I did girl. Not, so, by the way, I did not know that till, till this past weekend. I had no idea yeah, that so was she the case. Spent, when she was a kid, she's got a lot of family in Alabama. So when she was a kid, she spent her summers up there. So uh, uh, so we have a big, a big L, a blow-up big L in the front yard. So uh, <laughs> listen, and I'm, I'm, I'm neutral, baby. I'm neutral when it comes to it. Um, but she'll kill me if I don't say Alabama. Um, I, I just think Alabama, uh, from start to finish, has, has done it right this year. They're loaded. And listen, I love the fact that Jalen Waddle wants to come back and play. I, I got a feeling the kid's going to play. You know, even <laughs> if he gives him 20, if he, if he, the, the key with Jalen Waddle is as long as he can't hurt it any worse. If they say you're healthy and you can't hurt it anymore, um, you know, he's not in football shape because he hasn't played in a couple of months, but if he gives him 20, 30, 40 reps or even returns some punts, it's something Ohio State has to prepare for. So, yeah, um, right. so I think uh, I think Alabama gets it done. And listen, uh, I think it's a good game. I think it's a good close game. I think Ohio State does show up, but I think at the end of the day, I think uh, Nick Saban gets another one. There you go, Rini and Goli. Great to talk to you. We'll uh, we'll catch up soon. Thanks for the time. Uh, all right, PJ. Don't be a stranger, buddy. Thank you. All right, there he is, our guy Rini and Goli, ESPN college football analyst, one of the good guys. Uh, Ben, you want to do your update now or grab a break? What do you want to do? I'm ready. All right, let's do that. Ben, with a check of uh, everything going on in the world of sports, locally and uh, beyond, and then uh, more here on the PJ Show coming up. Uh, But right now, Ben Byram. Ben Byram here for your 94th of the game sports update. Plenty of high school hoops tipping off as the season tipping off the season tonight is J.H. Rose host Newburn and Aiden Griffin travels to Eastern Wayne. So independent schools tipping off tonight include Greenville Christian traveling to Kinston. They take on Bethel Christian. JP2 is at Epiphany and Baird Academy traveling to Fayetteville Christian. From college basketball, South Central alum and current Tar Heel freshman Dayron Sharp has been named ACC Freshman of the Week after averaging 16 points and 8 rebounds per game against Georgia Tech and Notre Dame. Dame, and their game against Notre Dame Sharp scored 25 points and 10 rebounds, the first freshman to do so at UNC since Tyler Hansbro. Sharp will be back in action tonight as the Tar Heels travel to Miami to, tonight at 8. The Tar Heels are 3.5-point favorites with the over-under at 144-141. There's plenty of other college hoops tipping off tonight, starting at 7 with 18th-ranked Texas Tech hosting Kansas State. The Red Raiders are the favored by 16 points with the over-under at 124. 
NC State takes on 19th ranked Clemson. The Wolfpack are four and a half point underdogs with the over-under at 136.5. At eight, fourth ranked Texas matches up against Iowa State. The Longhorns are 12 and a half point favorites with the over-under at 140. At nine, 13th ranked Missouri is on the road against Mississippi State. The Mizzou Tigers are favored by one and a half with the over-under at 135. We have a matchup between two ranked opponents. This 15th ranked Rutgers battles 23rd ranked Michigan State. The Rutgers Scarlet Knights are two and a half point underdogs with the over-under at 149 and a half. And wrapping up at 10, TCU hosts six ranked Kansas. The Jayhawks are favored by six points with the over-under at 139. The Carolina Panthers continue to search for their next GM. Multiple reports indicate that they've interviewed four former two-time Super Bowl champ and former Giants GM Jerry Reese have submitted a request to interview Bears Assistant Director of Player Personnel Champ Kelly for the position. Meanwhile, three teams have inquired about offensive coordinator Joe Brady for an interview to be their next head coach. Teams include the Falcons, the Chargers, and the Texans, with the Texans already completing an interview with Brady earlier today. Despite not having a GM yet, the Panthers have extended kicker Joey Sly through 2021. Financial details of that contract have not been revealed. Elsewhere in the NFL, the Browns encountered a major COVID crisis in the lead-up to their first playoff game since 2002. Head coach Kevin Stefanski tested positive for the coronavirus, shutting down the Browns' practice facilities. It's reported that two other coaches and two players have also tested positive. Special teams coordinator Mike Pryfer will serve as the team's head coach. Stefanski can't make it back in time. And wrapping up for the NBA, Kevin Durant is facing a seven-day layoff. He's set to miss four games after KD was hanging around somebody who had the coronavirus. If you're a 94th year to game sports update, I'm Ben Barham. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3thegame.com. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Down to 33 degrees tonight, 48 with sunshine tomorrow. Same thing for Thursday, 70% chance of rain Friday with a high of 47. Weekend's looking nice, though, as far as sunshine. 46 right now out at the airport where uh, the first flight in a while will be landing. 7.15 tonight. Uh, and then taking off tomorrow morning. Commercial airfare returns to Greenville. All right. Um, so Cam Newton, Ben. Vegas has uh, the who will Cam Newton play for game one of the 2021 regular season. Who do you think the odds on favorite is? Uh, his couch. No. They got a team here. Uh, you would have to think the Ravens, right? I mean, that would probably be the most comparable they are not on the list really surprisingly wow i like that though now that you, i think about it that makes sense right i mean he's probably the most comparable to lamar jackson out there in terms of but no, they're ability. talking about playing game one you were talking about him going as a backup oh yeah i, I think he's a backup I don't, why do they think he's a starter he proves he's the he's former mvp yeah um washington football team odds oh, are even that he'll sense. go there i can see yeah. that makes sense Denver Broncos. All right, all right, all right. I, I feel like they like what they have with Drew Locke, even though he's hasn't been the best. But I mean, if Chicago, you think Cam Newton's your future, why not? Yeah, That's Chicago Bears. Revive, I heard one. <laughs> I thought he was no longer making those decisions. Um, Chicago Bears are third. Colts are fourth. Back to the Patriots or the 49ers. Uh, Cam will wind up somewhere. May not wind up in the most advantageous position or, or in the best situation, or he may not wind up, uh, as you even say, as a uh, as a starter. But he'll yeah. wind up somewhere. Yeah, I just I just don't think it's going to be in a starter. And you look at the quarterback market coming up this year. You know, you're thinking Wentz is probably going to be available. You got Sam Darnold probably going to be available. You know, my guy Gardner Minshew. I mean, it's. It's going to be a crowded quarterback market, especially with the draft and all. I mean, other other than Wentz, though, I mean, he's 
he's more accomplished than any of those. Oh guys. yeah. Yeah, no doubt. But I mean, I, it's hard to look at this past year. Just, I, I get it. He didn't have any weapons, but beside that, just pure eye test standpoint, he's under throwing guys yeah. five yards and overthrowing them by a mile. And just, he's net, he has never worked on his mechanics. He's not a pocket passer. I just don't see why you would cater your offense to Cam Newton at this point. He doesn't stream future of the franchise to me. I think Washington is very likely. Uh, I think um, what you said about the Ravens as a backup makes a ton of sense. Uh, the Colts, uh, that would indicate that Phillip Rivers is probably not coming back, and that seems to be what the indications are. Yeah. And uh, I guess they're giving up on Jimmy G out in San Francisco. So there will be places open. I, I'm like you. I, I thought Denver was pretty satisfied with what they had. Chicago is just, I mean, it's a love-hate relationship at this point, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the big question with that one is did they pick up Trubisky for another year. I mean, he, he got really hot and somehow got him into the playoffs, so maybe that warrants him maybe another year. Just It just kind of depends on what they decide to do. Uh, thanks to Rini and Golia for being with us. Brian Mull tomorrow talking hoops. Speaking of hoops, uh, some highlights from Joe Dooley's radio show from last night in our Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. We never got the guys on from uh, Boston, did we? The- Wiggy. Yeah, what happened there? I think Wiggy's in a bad mood right now. Uh, hang on, Ben. This is not opening. Uh-oh. Here we go. Joe Dooley with his thoughts on the loss to Tulane last night. Absolutely horrendous. No, no, no. <laughs> the more, more to say on that uh, from the Joe Dooley radio show last night. Reflecting after a couple of that. That was Joe minutes after the game. <laughs> this is Joe after with some reflection and sleeping in his own bed. Uh, we hope, uh, um, very, and, uh, <laughs> play that, <laughs> uh, very disappointing. I thought that we were, uh, played really out of sync. Uh, obviously our turnovers, which we had not done a, we had done a really good job all year of not turning the ball over. And we turned it over 21 times, 13 steals, which is even more of a problem. You know, a lot of times you can turn it over on a travel or, uh, you know, throw the ball out of bounds, but 13 of our live ball turnovers. And we just looked out of sync the entire day. Uh, sort of caught a, a little bit of a rhythm the last couple of minutes to get ourselves back, and I was actually thought we were fortunate to be in the game. I mean, we were minus 16 on the free throw line, uh, you know, th- which is a big differential, minus 14 off of points off of turnovers, and uh, that's minus 30, and you're still down, and, you know, James hit a big three, hadn't hit a three all season, and those are the type of things happen when you're, when you're not in sync. So Tristan Newton didn't make the trip. There was one COVID uh, case in the Pirate basketball program, so that obviously – uh, is it, I don't think anybody's officially said it, but you don't have to, one would think that is the case. Let's just say that. Uh, and, uh, this is, uh, Joe talking about Tristan Newton, not being available. Uh, we'll see. I mean, he's on all the, all the protocols. So we'll, we'll, you know, we'll hopefully get him back here, you know, soon. Um, you know, we've got some, you know, all the medical professionals take care of those deals. They tell us what to do, when to do, and we just move on down the road. I think that was four. I was asking for three there, but we'll, we'll play three right now. Uh, and how much of an imprint not having Newton available in the Tulane game, what that meant? You know, we talk about it, and we said, you know, everything that happens right now, you have to adjust. And, you know, it gave no an opportunity to play. Would we have liked Tristan to play? Yes, but he's not there, so we play the guys that are there. And uh, I think one thing in this year, you know, it, it's a, it's usually, you know, a game-to-game deal. In our the way things are now, it's a day-to-day deal. And that's so what happens is you wake up in the morning, find out who's going to practice. Those guys practice. You try to get them better. Try to prepare the guys are going to play and and uh, go line up and, and do it. Farrakhan had five points, couple rebounds, couple of assists, uh, in uh, and played a lot of minutes without Newton in the lineup. Uh, this is what Joe Dooley had to say about the freshman. He's getting better. I mean, I think you know he did step up, had a big three, uh, made a big actually had a big two point shot and a pull up when he came back in that you know kept us hanging around. Had a big three. I thought he gave us good minutes. I thought, you know, he did some things on the defensive end where you're saying he's starting to figure this out, which, you know, it's been hard, for, you know, for all these guys, but uh, tagged some 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 rollers and did some things that he hadn't done before. And I thought he did a good job on Walker guarding the ball, to tell you the truth also. 
And uh, Tulane, did they do anything special against Jaden Gardner? He kind of indicated the other night in the postgame or the other day in the postgame they had not. They really didn't do anything different. Uh, I'm sure they've reviewed the film. So was there anything that Tulane did differently than when they played on the 22nd? Well, I think it was a combination of things. I think that, uh, you know, he was he just didn't have a great game. And part of it's on us. we got to give him the ball. And I think, you know, he missed a couple open shots. He had a couple shots that, you know, Noah threw him a pass. He just bobbled the catch. Um, they did a good job of swarming when he caught the ball. You know, I, you know, you look at it, we turned it over 21 times, but that was deceptive because three guys really turned the ball over. And it was Jaden, Brandon, and J.J. You know, Noah and Tremont played 38 combined minutes at the point and turned it over twice. And uh, a lot of it was swarming. A lot of it was bad decisions against the matchup. Uh, and, and you know, Jaden had some opportunities to duck in, and we, we, we got him the ball. There was two balls that were stolen that, that he could have had that he just didn't keep his feet moving, which was, was atypical. I just, that being said, he can't be perfect every game. He, I bet you he wishes he had a, a number of those possessions back. Uh, and you, you look at the course of his career, you're bound to have a bad game at some point. And yeah, unfortunately, okay. unfortunately for us, he had a, a, game, a bad game for Jaden. But, you know, you still got a better chance of winning the game at the Molly Court. 5.7 rebounds. He had a big three that uh, drew him close late. Uh, update on Brandon Suggs' health real quick before we go. He actually you know, hurt his knee to begin with and, and was, you know, we were a little fearful, obviously. And then um, the later part of the game, I think part of it was because he was trying to uh, compensate with his knee. He cramped up twice. The, the last two times he went down really wasn't his knee. It was his, his cramps. I think he's fine. He got treatment yesterday. Uh, you know, we did some stuff today, and he, he, was, uh, he, was, he seemed to be pretty good. There you go. Uh, Joe Dooley from the Joe Dooley Radio Show, uh, Learfield IMG College. All right, uh, great to have Rini and Goli on. Rini was uh, fired up. I'd be too if I were in seventy degree temperatures right now. Uh, tomorrow, Brian Mull, Ben Byram, great job as always. And we'll catch you tomorrow. Uh, the NCAA tournament going to play in Indianapolis. That was announced yesterday. Haven't talked about it. We'll get into it with Mull tomorrow. Have a great rest of your evening. <laughs>